0: there's this little yearling buck. This was the meanest buck I've ever seen in my whole life. If he could keep his antlers on, <laughs> I mean, he'd probably have all the ladies.
1: Uh, one year I was photographing a big bull elk. Right. He just ran this whole area. Right. He got in a fight, he sat in the corner. Oh really? For the rest of the fall. This guy understood, hey, Is if you sure wanna to live to, to do this another day, I'm gonna
2: back off. I often think about how fortunate I am because of what I'm doing to be able to witness all the things that I get to witness, even if I don't capture them. You remember who you were with, you remember the situation, you remember the conditions, you remember all that, and that's, its I don't know, that's pretty, pretty awesome to have.
1: It is.
3: Welcome to another episode of Wild and Exposed, your wildlife photography and outdoor adventure podcast. Today, we're going to tag up with Michael on his ultimate road trip north as he's traveling from Denver, Colorado, to Anchorage, Alaska. He's mid-trip and has met up with a couple of other talented photographers and has recorded a podcast. I've listened to it. It's a good one. It's like a fireside chat amongst buddies. Welcome to Harlan Cooper and Jason Loftus
1: today we're sitting here talking with jason loftus and harlan do you go by harlan b cooper or you do that on instagram but do you harlan just, cooper's fine harlan cooper yeah where are
0: you guys from
2: uh utah northern utah
0: yeah i live in Leighton, utah i've lived in utah for about 40 years now so quite some time 40 years yes i've considered moving other places i just can't seem to find something that that i quite like you know utah's pretty centrally located there's a lot of yellowstone's five hours denver's eight reno the other direction eight hours so it's a great location
1: you're in the same spot
2: i'm in ogden so a little bit north of Harlan, probably about 10 miles north so yeah it's pretty tough to beat
1: so what do you guys shoot what what's your specialty or do you have a specialty or do Are you just wildlife? It doesn't matter if it if it sucks in oxygen you're gonna shoot it or what?
0: (laughs) Well, so I shoot anything, but but typically I try to target big monster mule deer. That's you know, from about oh nine I came to the conclusion that I really enjoy mule deer. I've loved them since I was a kid. I mean, I spent, you know, my time in my younger years I lived along the bench in Bountiful there and as a kid you know eight ten years old I would spend just countless hours hiking the hills looking at mule deer I mean I would go up there in the winter time and it's kind of funny now I think to myself man I would never let my kids do that but (laughs) my dad my my mom actually you know allowed me to go up there and I'd go hiking up in the winter time and and actually get to see a lot of the big monster mealies really, that that back in those days were still there and uh that's kind of how I got my start in photography is um around 15 you know I remember I'd, I'd go hike and spend a bunch of time up there and and I always I'd talk to my friends about the things that I saw you know hey man, I seen a fox up there they just didn't believe me honestly I mean a lot of people were just like yeah right and uh so I always wanted to to photograph them to capture those images and actually show somebody what I saw and it was it was a little bit better that way so so that's where I got my start I already had the love for the outdoors you know my dad used to take us to Yellowstone every summer religiously we'd spend a week or two in Yellowstone and I wanted to show other people that and and so around the age of 15 I I pretty much just kind of grabbed my dad's camera and kind of went at it I'm not sure how he really felt about it but uh, (laughs) just you know I just did it so that's awesome though yeah to have that that desire at that age yeah so I've always felt that way and Kind of the transition for me was I spent a lot of time in photography. When I was in college, I studied photography there and and also worked for for a commercial photographer in in Salt Lake and did some weddings and stuff. and it was it was about the photography. there I love all aspects of photography, but wildlife was really the 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 portion that I enjoyed. and early on, I spent a lot of my time doing doing landscapes you know shooting with you know four by five cameras and six by sevens and trying to get a lot of great landscape stuff and as things went on you know around 09 it kind of took a turn for me and I I said you know here's the deal I I talked to my wife about this I said I love mule deer always have mule deer are very difficult to capture big monster mule deer it's just something that that the people just don't have a lot of. There's a lot of whitetail ranches out there where people are actually able to grow these amazing animals and get amazing shots with it, but there doesn't really go on with mule deer. I said, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to go back to my roots, back to what I love, which is wildlife, mule deer especially, and just kind of focus on mule deer and just try to have the best mule deer stuff that I possibly can. And if I can make make that the best stuff that maybe i can make something of it. and it has worked for me i'd say good 80 percent of all the photographs that i've sold have been mule deer because i've concentrated on it, i knew is a little niche that not a lot of people have now there's a lot more people getting into it now and a lot more people targeting mule deer but that's all good i mean they got their passions and their dreams as well so right you can't keep people from doing it but right but
1: advantage you have is if you've had that desire since 15 you probably traveled to every state that has mule deer and you find that deer for that state that represents what you're looking for
0: Yes. And and that's, that's the hard part. But you know, you know, earlier on when I was raising a family, it was, I just couldn't afford it. I mean, that's just the bottom line. I, I a lot of, you know, a lot of people getting into the business and stuff and, and a lot of people going out there and photographing, you know, they think, wow, well, you know, I'm just not, I'm not rich. I can't really do any of that stuff. And and you, you get to a point in your life where you can actually afford some of this stuff and be able to go out and do the things you want. I remember, I remember, sp- specifically i would say it was 1994 i had, I had a house i had a couple of kids and i had you know i, had, I mean, my wife and and uh i went to uh it was uh, a mule deer expo in in salt lake city now i i think it was probably the only one there ever was there i got to meet uh sam carpenter down there who was a photographer at the time doing an awful lot of big mule deer stuff down in southern utah and stuff and uh and I remember speaking with him, and I was like, man, Sam, that's amazing. We talked about some of his pictures that he had, and and I didn't have the money or the funds to get big lens to really go out there and do what my heart desired, which is wildlife, right? Well, and I remember talking to him, and he's like, well, gosh, he's like, you know, I, I think I only paid like $3,200 for this 300-millimeter 2.0. I was just thinking man, this guy has no idea what $3,200 is to me. I'm like, that might take me forever to get that, you know? So, so that gives, you know, it kind of gives you a little bit of hope as far as, you know, hey, man, we, a lot of us started with nothing trying to work to get the equipment that you need. It's not, if you come from money and you're able to go out there and get it, well, great. But a lot, if you got the desire to, you know, you just save your money and, and try to get what you can get, but don't ever let that hold you back on trying to pursue your, your dreams. So you started with film. Yeah, Absolutely. And yeah. then
1: also, if you're, you know, if you're that situation, it's a lot like me. I started out with, a, I don't even remember, it was like a 300 five six or a right. 300 F8, you know, yeah. those old mirror lenses.
0: Right, right. Yeah. But
1: you had to try to make it work and you learned a lot of mm-hmm. that, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you just learned that whole process, which I think you carry to this day.
0: Well, and, and, and honestly, I think I learned an awful lot with some of the classes that I took. The 4 by 5 cam- cameras and, and learning the zones, the Ansel Adams zone systems and, and how light's working and what to do with light. And, you know, and that's some of the stuff that I've incorporated into my photography these days and how I go about it. And, and it helps all the way around. Good times. Sure. It's been a passion of mine forever.
1: So if you're out shooting mule Mildare- deer and a bear walks
0: by, or a mountain
1: lion walks by, you're shooting it too, right?
0: Oh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. I, I anticipate the day that I run into a mountain lion, right? So I, I'm always going after mule deer and I've yet to encounter a mountain lion. Really? And, and, and the truth of the matter is, well, so let's talk about the story here. I mean, well, I'd say it was back in 2010. I was out photographing Colorado and I was pursuing mule deer and, and you know, this is my passion, this is the direction I'm going. I'm focusing on this. The, the night before I went out and I thought to myself, my gosh, you know, I really need to learn how to do this video on here because what if I run across something amazing and I miss it, right? <laughs> and, and sure enough, I mean, the next morning, and so this is the first time we met, right? right. So, so the next morning I'm out and as soon as the light came up, here is the two biggest bucks in this area battling. And, and I just started to film it, you know, and I just learned how to film it the night before. <laughs> just, to, I mean, I didn't know what I was doing. The photography end of it, great. I'm, you know, I've i known that and I've learned that since since I was young. But the video side, I really just don't know much about it. So I ended up getting this amazing video, of these two whitetail fighting. And I mean, it was, and I call it a uh, bloody whitetail battle because they were all bloody and there's blood all over them. So I remember running across you just shortly after I yep. I took that video, and I remember showing you. I was just so stoked to show some like, check this out, amazing video. I just learned how to do this stuff last
1: night. It's a I let me just say, I mean, it's amazing <laughs> video. I go to this area a lot. Right. 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 I've never seen that. Right. Right. You know, and I'm like, <laughs> right. here's this dude that's just rolling in. <laughs> and I, to me i'm like oh man uh, you know what i want that i want that yeah. and i am i still I, go to that same area where you shot it and i look at it and i think about that footage because i'm like
0: i know what happened there yeah. but i'll never see it I, 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 I know that and i told jason that the other day, i said i'll bet you mike was just like oh like <laughs> like because i know you, you were doing that stuff at that time you yep, know and yep. here is some just dorky new guy coming in <laughs> yeah just bragging about it. i get it i you know? didn't take it as bragging at all right i, I talked
1: but to, i took it as like man he was in the right place at the right time and yeah he knew what the hell yeah yeah what what was going on so
0: yeah. kind of to finish up that story i had you look at that video and 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 it was a little shaky. I mean, it was on my Wimberly head. I wasn't prepared. And and I remember you saying, Yeah, man, you really you know, you need to get a fluid head and I went, what's a fluid head? <laughs> you know, I had no idea, you know, I don't do video. I never really paid much attention to it at right. all. But since since then I have been paying more attention to it and I've since got a, a fluid head. And for that one reason, you not because I intend to do a lot of video. I intend to try and capture uh, some amazing thing that might happen, because I have a hard time believing that if I'm around mule deer all the time, that I'm not eventually going to run into a cat. Right. And it might be a situation where the cat's going after some of these mule deer. And I need to be prepared for that. I mean, I'd hate to really, I'd hate to lose an amazing moment by not being prepared. <laughs> so,
1: so I can't believe with that amount of time that you've been out there with those deer that you have can do you ever sit there and think how many have i walked past oh yeah because
0: you know it happens right well so so i think the same thing right so the odds are getting better every day i go out i mean it seems like i mean mule deer are eventually one of primary it's gonna happen sources so they're gonna <laughs>
1: yeah. be they're surely you've walked so by. <laughs> don't you wish you had a little like oh device on your Belt that would yeah. a like sensor. Beep 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 yeah. Beep. Oh yeah.
2: I'm a, there's a mountain lion within a hundred yards yeah. of me right now, but I just don't like know. Stop it. and like, okay, what's funny? It's probably better not. To have yeah. That right. Though, right. Because I don't think I want to know. <laughs> yeah.
1: All right, Jason. We're hearing a little bit from you. Give us a little bit of your background. Well, now, we've had you on the show before, so anybody that's listening to that will hear know that. But sure. Sure.
2: Just in case someone's picking it up now, just yeah, give us sure. a little Snapshot. So yeah. So me, same kind of story. I grew up not from the camera side or photography side. I'm actually fairly new into the photography game. But grew up all my whole life, you know, with wildlife, and either whether it was hunting or just out enjoying them. Um, And then it just kind of grew from there, just out witnessing things and wanting to capture them. Same kind of story, you know, you tell people about these amazing experiences, and they're just like, yeah, whatever, right? (laughs) So, yeah, get into the camera, you know, start with the point-and-shoot, just, yeah, that's not doing it. Oh, I just need to buy a good camera, so I save my money, get a good camera. And then same thing, it's just not cutting it. So then I just realize, yeah, you're gonna have to figure this. You have to learn, you know, you have to go figure this out. This isn't as easy as just buying a good camera and po- pushing the button, right? So anyways through YouTube and through a bunch of different things and you know, I've had some pretty good friends that have helped me along the way, you know, like Harlan for example, and I shoot with a couple other guys that have been really good about kind of take me another wing if you will and just kind of you know teach me some things let me learn the hard way some but you know also pointing out some things that can help me you know, throughout that whole process kind of end up here today and I think I've gotten serious about it probably last four or five years that's what I was um, going to ask you
1: so when did you start with that first camera because Harlan you said 94
0: 95 well so no I mean as far as regular photography I started when I was 15 so we're talking you know 85 85 85 and then when I started getting serious about the digital was 6 oh6 06 is when I when I bought my first digital SLR
1: so and then you started when so I started
2: probably in 2008 ish okay. with the just kind of the point and shoot you know game um and then i point, just shoot point just and shoot as like in like literally little, like Sony, the size of a cell phone and you're going out with, eight megapixel whatever you're gonna right? make just, this happen yeah i mean that's all you need right right, right? <laughs> you just whip
1: it out of your fanny pack right. and away you pull go. it out of
2: my pocket bing 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 right yeah and, uh, so it's kind of funny when i think about it now but yeah so but then that just kind of progressed and when i finally got my first dslr i think it was probably it was probably about 2004 2000, or no i'm sorry 2014 you know, in that time frame. And then, and then, you know, I just had to figure it out from there. So, so
1: do you get tired of us old <laughs> guys talking about the film game? No,
2: matter of fact, I'm actually jealous. It's funny <laughs> when, when Harlan said that earlier, I've actually said this before to some other folks, but I actually feel kind of uh, jealous Yeah. because I really think that the guys that have come from film really understand photography, right? Right. I really do. I think I, and I think because I've grown up in the digital age, if you will, I think I've missed out on a lot of that really do. I, well, I really feel that way. So I when really we talk do.
1: about it, I get on Mark all the time because I'm like, dude, let's just quit talking about film because it's not it's right. coming back. It's yet. done. It's done. Yeah. But we always <laughs> lament on, oh, we only had 36 shots and we had we had to haul 200 rolls of film with us out in the woods. Well, and I just don't, I'm like, eh, it's irrelevant. But I think what you just said really makes a point, right? Yep. You do learn photography because if you only have 36 chances at it. Yeah. Or... If actions go on, maybe you only go to 30 because right. you want a new role in there as fast yeah. as you can. Yeah. You better know your stuff, and then you don't get to see it. Right? Yeah, There's right. no satisfaction of saying, well, I hope I got that. Or yeah. that's what you were saying. Is, oh, I, hope I, I better got stick around because yeah. I didn't quite get it.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Right. Well, but I think it's important for guys to understand what it was like. You know, I mean, you mm-hmm. didn't just get to go buy a digital camera and buy a memory card and take all the photos you want and see what you were getting right away, that instant feedback. I mean, that's a whole different game. You know, and right. for I think it's important for guys that are coming up in the digital age to have an appreciation for what it used to take to make an image. I, I guess that's my point. Right. So I actually have that respect for guys that have come up that way. And, you know, I don't know that I'd have been able to get into the game because I don't know if I could afford it, you know, to right. be able to buy that film, to get – you know and to understand enough about ISO and that to buy the right ISO film and then know that that role, You're that's what you got. You got to make it work, you know. So I just – all those all those elements in that. And then I picked up stuff. I've got a buddy, Dale Evans, who – you know just graduated with a photography degree from montana state and so i'd pick his brain a little bit and we'd talk back and forth about different things and that you know and so he'd kind of help me understand some of those things but i thought i've thought a lot about going and taking some photography classes just really yeah i mean i feel like i'm i've got a lot to learn i've got a lot to learn there's no doubt about it let
1: me just be really honest if you if anybody goes out and looks at your instagram feed um which is untamed images by jl correct yeah Nobody would ever consider you like I've got a lot to learn. I mean right. I think it's impressive. <laughs> yeah. well, what you've got you, out but, there is awesome.
2: Well, I appreciate that. I really do. I think and I appreciate that, but I really believe that as soon as you feel like you know it all, that you you, you really don't know anything. Right. Well, and that's, I, that's, I've that's got true. a ton to learn. I can learn from everybody I shoot with. I can learn from everybody I encounter. I can learn from everybody's photos that I see mm-hmm. on the internet. And I think that's just the right attitude to have about it, you know. So you touched on it when
1: I first met you. I, I was following your
2: Instagram, or I don't even remember
1: how it all happened, but you, we did, I think we did our other interview for this podcast, and you said Harlan's name. You're like, yeah. if it wasn't for this dude, I wouldn't be... Absolutely. How? Just to explain that, because we talk about that all the time on the podcast, is you right. need a mentor if you're <laughs> getting into this game, yeah. and I feel like a lot of times on this podcast we talk over, we assume people know some of the basics, Yeah, and... But that's the best way to overcome that is to find that mentor. And you found it right
0: here. And I had well, no hold on, idea. Hold that... on a second here. <laughs> I found him. I saw him at a show, at a sportsman show, and introduced myself to him. Really?
1: Yeah. That's true. true. Yeah. So how did you find how, how did you know it was him or how well, did...
0: so I mean, he's pretty distinguishable. I, I seen his I seen his page, you know, I followed him and right. he had some great stuff, you know. Yeah. The, I agree.
1: Internet. I mean it's amazing
0: great stuff you can see potential in somebody see if they they've got the passion to actually make it work you can have the passion and the skills but jason has the passion and the skills so it's easy to see um and it's easy what i find on both your guys'
1: feeds when throw out your instagram handle right now just just
0: just b cooper okay yep
1: and i knew that but i want to make sure you have it out there and we'll do it again at the end of the show but if you look at both your feeds The light, I mean, it's all about the light, right? (laughs) Yeah. And I think if you look at your images, that's what, when you look at yours, it's like, well, Jason has understanding of light. You know what it takes to make a good picture. There's other things. I mean, once you have the light, you also have to have the animal attitude. You have to have the right poses. You have to. So there's a lot of stuff. But the first thing that's going to make a great photo is the light. Yeah. So you just must have that innate. Well. Or do you, how much is that Harlan saying? You know what?
2: (laughs) So it, it, it's a really good point, right? So when I first started shooting, it's funny, I talk about this mm-hmm. a lot. I, I just, I mean, when I first shot a mule deer with my camera, with my good setup, I was like, I just got a photo of a deer. That's all that mattered, right? I didn't, I wasn't even thinking about light. I wasn't thinking about anything. And then when I was, you know, I'm looking at photos like Harlan's got, and I'm thinking, you know, what is it about that that makes it so amazing, right? And I start picking up like this, you know, and, and then I'd be out in the field and, and and with Harlan or something, and all of a sudden he's like taken off. I'm like, where's he going? <laughs> you know, I'm not a dummy. I pay attention, right? <laughs> right? And I'm like, what's he doing? And it's like, he's not taking a single photo over here, telling blam, him blam, where I'm blam, going. blam, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so then I'm just like, well, I'm just going to go see what he's seeing, you know? And then I, that's, oh, you know, it's just like it starts clicking. And then it's like, then I realize pretty quickly, right? It doesn't. Why even waste time with the shutter when, you're, when things aren't right? You right. know what I mean? So then, it, then my mindset changed to I've got to get to the right spot, the right position, put myself in the right position to try to get the shot that I'm really looking for and to think about it ahead of time, right? What am I trying to capture? Not just out taking photos and clicking buttons, but what am I looking for? So that, that, that made a big difference for me, right? But absolutely, Harland is the kind of guy I can throw an image to him and he can say, that's garbage,
0: I don't like, have a problem with that. No.
2: <laughs> <laughs> but it's but it's good for me, right? Because I can throw it to him and say, and then I'll be like, I'll be like kind of, I actually thought it was kind of good. And then I'll just let him kind of, you know, because eventually he'll start to spit why, right? <laughs> he'll say, well, you know, yeah, and then look at that background and blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like, oh, man, he's right. You know, it's like, right. I thought it was amazing, but it's not. It's j- I mean, it's okay, right. but it's just not right. there. And this is the things that make it not quite the image right so you know you learn you learn from those things that's to me that's when the mentor thing really comes in that's but, the best thing absolutely
1: so what did you see in him when you first you know obviously you saw his page and you know that the talent you know the talent's there yeah
0: right? absolutely
1: and then the same love for a lot of the same subjects. Yeah. so that sure. plays together yeah. so how did you guys first start shooting together
0: well so so the truth of the matter is i i i really enjoy visiting with other photographers i love to see guys coming up and they're needing some help and whatever i love seeing other people's work you know so so the jason you know i'd seen his stuff on instagram and and kind of started seeing his work and i could tell he had the same passion about specific animals that i did but also i knew he shoot he shot with uh uh, another friend of ours bill well i've known bill for years so it was just a matter of bumping into him here or there and uh i the first time i saw jason was like i said at a, at a show a sportsman show out in salt lake and i just introduced myself to him you know and <laughs> and uh and then you know and then i just ran across you know him and bill out in the field or whatever and 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 like i told you earlier i saw you know early on I just didn't shoot with anybody else. I just didn't really want to shoot with anybody else. I just wanted to keep my area secret, stay there and, and not, not bring anybody else into it. And it's not because I don't enjoy shooting with other people because I absolutely enjoy shooting with other people. And I think I kind of just reached a crossroads with it. You know, it's like, you know, I really enjoy getting this stuff alone and having it and just me having it. But, but I really enjoy spending some time with some friends, you know? So, so that was kind of the turning point for me, you know, spending a little bit more time photographing. Now I'm not talking about all time. I mean, there's plenty of times I might just leave Jason in the dust, you know, (laughs) but, but, uh, You know, specifically on what animal might be there, you know. Hey, I, I don't – no, I'm not doing anything this weekend. I, I got to work. But at any rate, so so I started spending a little more time shooting with him and Bill and, you know, some some of our other buddies, you know, a little bit here and there. And it just – once you start building camaraderie with your friends, it's kind of hard not to shoot with them sometimes. It's, it's a lot more fun that way.
1: Well, you can share that experience, right? I mean, yeah. and, and the whole reason we started this podcast is I was always thinking – About those times where, you know, you got two or three guys out shooting. And when you're shooting, you're shooting, right? You're not jabbering with each other. You're you're shooting. Mm -hmm. And then you all have these little moments that you remember. And you all have these little, man, I got this cool shot. (laughs) But what happens is you all go back to the truck or you go, you know, whatever. And then everybody starts to tell all their stories. And I was always intrigued. I love that. And that's what it was. I love hearing stories. I love hearing, like. I want you to be successful. I want you yeah, to get the shot of a lifetime absolutely. and I want to hear about it. Yeah. Yes. And so I thought, man, this would be the coolest way to put that out there. But it, and it sounds like that's what you're, yeah. where you're at now. And then when you do travel, like right now we're in the Canadian Rockies and North and, it's just a lot more fun to come up here when you have a buddy to, to yeah. come with than it is to be traveling by yourself. Because you guys drove, what, you said 17 hours to get yeah.
2: here or something? it's a long
0: drive, yeah. <laughs> well, I think wildlife photography is, is a lot of boredom. It's a lot <laughs> of driving back and forth, trying to find. You spend 90% of your time trying to find the shoot. And then when nobody else is there with you, you're just sitting there going, "What am I doing, man? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, man, I want to be hanging with my wife. You know, I know I, I want these pictures too. Don't get me wrong, but I want to spend time with my buds or my wife. So it's a battle, right. and uh, it does it, it does ease the pain from time to time. But I think there'll be shoots that you, you just got to do alone, and then there's shoots that hey, we can do this together.
1: Well, yeah. and I think if you run across that mountain line we were talking about earlier, you probably want to be with someone, right? There.
0: Yeah. Right, right. <laughs>
1: you got my back. <laughs> yeah. I,
0: right. And hopefully he won't be doing any video, so you just get it yourself, right?
2: Hey. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so
1: on the video side of things, yeah. are you guys, you've talked about it a little bit, where you're dabbling, kind of. Yes. I, would yes. that be the best decision? Yeah, I would say so, yeah. How about... You, Jason. So you... for me,
0: yeah,
2: I took I took Harlan's lead actually. I have, I saw him with his fluid head, and I'm like, what? I didn't know what a fluid head was, and I saw him like, what is that? And I asked him, and he said, ah, oh, just be going and explain it to me. Mm-hmm. I'm like,
0: hmm, yeah. You know? Mike was telling me about this, yeah, <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> so I and I was just like, well, okay, yeah. So anyways, I went I you know I didn't have it with me on this trip, but I do have one. And I when I get out in the woods where I think I might have something like that happen, then I definitely have that. and I'm still I'm trying to learn more, but to me, where it comes in is like. I've I've been fortunate enough to come across a few different um, you know fight situations with you know elk or deer or whatever, and bison. I've I've tried and tried and tried to make good images from those situations, and once in a while you kind of get lucky and you might have everything just work out right. But but then you look at the photo. I mean the, the quick story. So last year bison rut had this amazing encounter. We sat had a front row seat. It was actually Bill and I had a front row seat to this. Nobody else around, and these two bison bulls went at it for like six minutes, just nonstop. And they're just like freight trains, just boom, and dust flying and fur flying. And, and I'm, we're over there just bam, 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 bam. I probably took a 1,000 images in six minutes, right, just going off. And get back, and I'm looking at them, and I think I might have like two or three that I thought were okay. And, I'm just, and, and then when you look at them, it's like in your mind, it's like, oh, this is going to be amazing, you know. And then it, it's just like, no, it just doesn't tell a story. Right. doesn't tell the whole story and so now it's like i want to be able to switch into that video mode when i see something like that going down so you can actually tell that story so to me that's where it comes in you guys were telling me i was
1: asking you the other day i'm like are you using neutral density or are you using any of that stuff <laughs> no you rookies. haven't got that far <laughs> I, yet i
0: am not no. that advanced <laughs> but
1: you may not want to either because right. the problem is the one the issue i run into all the time is like you either got to kind of commit to one or the other sure. because yep. There's those moments where you don't have time to make it look really great video. Yeah, yeah. and if you have right. it set up to look like really right. great video, then all of a sudden, if you want to still, you're not gonna get the steal. So,
0: Mike, if I get an amazing video, it's gonna be choppy because I'm gonna have a, a <laughs> you know, a higher higher shutter speed. It's just <laughs> that's just I'm good with that. Right. And I think
1: as this, I mean. Do you guys see that the whole thing is changing, right? This whole photography world is changing and everything's digital and everything is immediate satisfaction and they're putting it. So as we progress and as you can tell more of that story through the video, Mm -hmm. do you think you'll grow in that direction more even than you are now? Or do you think there's just, for me, I, I, to be honest, my love is stills. The only reason I got into video is because I wanted to compete. Sure. And right. I didn't feel like I could compete right. with the bunch back in the day.
0: Right, right.
1: Everybody had stuff locked up and I'm like, nobody's doing video, I'm gonna start and it worked. Sure. Yeah. But I still that taking that moment in time where you just nail it and you get it, <laughs> there's nothing like it, yeah. right? Right. Yeah. But do you guys ever see where you're like, ah, video could get to that point for me now that I can put it on my phone or now that I can share it with somebody or now that I could create a little film or now that I could throw it on YouTube. Does that have any intrigue?
0: I I like to leave all my doors open. You know, I think it it might just take me there. Who knows? You know, I I enjoy it. I think that I could see myself doing it. But right now, at this point in time, I'm just not going to sacrifice my steals for video and it's so i and i and i do notice that if i try to spend more time on video it pulls away from my my steals and i'm not going to do it Right. so right now i'm just going to be on the fringe and uh <laughs> we'll just we'll just see how it goes you know? right i'm all i'm open-minded for sure
1: what about
2: you jason I'm very, i'm pretty much in the same boat like for me it's all like i said for me the video thing right now is just about maybe that crazy action happens. I can switch over. Matter of fact, most of the time now when I'm in the field, I'm, I'm filming with my DSLR. A lot of times it's my 500 millimeter lens. I'm just, I'm always switching over to live view camera mode. And I'm making sure my settings are somewhat good. Then, you know, so if something does go down, I can switch over quick and hit record. But to me, that's the extent of it at this point. And I don't know, Hart and I were talking on the way up about this. To me, and I get it, Everything progresses for you. The whole you mentioned the on the la- one of the last podcasts, the whole autofocus thing, right? Mm-hmm. To me, it's like I just I don't know if I'm going to enjoy the time when we get to the point where you're taking 8K video and you're just pulling stills off of there, and that's your that's your still. Because to me, what's the challenge in that? But at the same time, you could say the same thing ten, fifteen years ago about digital and stuff, right? So I I, I get it. I get the the progression side of it, but. <sighs> To me, that's what I love about the photography thing is it's like getting that – the stills is getting that image, just capturing that moment, and you did it with normal gear. You didn't do it with with, 30 frames or 60 frames per second or whatever.
1: There's just something about that moment in time where everything worked and there's nothing – which kind of leads me into what I was going to ask you guys. You guys both have a shot that I wish I had like no other. (laughs) The shot. The shot. (laughs) and you Don't actually bring that up mike you actually <laughs> this is show, a sore subject oh man. is it no i'm just teasing oh, okay. <laughs> it's actually not okay good, good it could be but it's not good so it's it's phenomenal and it's one of those shots where you constantly dream about right because the situation the con it has to be just right if you guys can just explain the image and and then Explain how you got there. I mean, it's obviously something that you just can't say. You know, it didn't happen, and you switched it on and got it. So
0: so, yeah. okay, so it sounds like we want to talk a little bit about the mechanics of it. Cause yes, that's, that's what okay, I want to talk okay. about
1: more than anything. I mean, I want people to look at the image and then understand that that is an unbelievable image, for one. Right. But that just doesn't, doesn't happen. Yeah, you, you're don't, out you don't there just get just to go out and make shots, that image. exactly. Yeah, yeah. Kind of talk about the mechanics behind that. Well, explain the image too, because nobody knows what we're talking about. <laughs>
0: oh, okay, so the image uh, is an elk, and he's in the shadows of the trees, and he's just moving into the light. And you predicted that you knew absolutely. that this situation coming on. Yes, absolutely. You could see it unfolding. So, so, yeah. so I don't, I don't, I don't expose for that specific shot. I, ex, I just do a different way of exposing to capture those situations. Right. And, and it, it all goes back to Ansel Adams and the zone system and how the zone system works and how we're metering for light. And, and a lot of situations, whether I'm working in the snow or whether I'm working overcast light, what, whatever it is, I shoot manual. And what got me shooting in manual and spending more time in manual and, and is because of ducks in flight. OK, so what happens when you're shooting a duck or an eagle or whatever in flight is if you have it in, in a, AE mode and your aperture priority or whatever, and and that duck is flying across a variation of backgrounds, well, your exposures are going to be off for every background. And, and I don't know that a lot of people realize it, but when it comes to digital, in order it, if you nail your exposure, your image is going to be so much better, and that's hard to explain without actually seeing it your hand yourself firsthand. When when I was shooting film and and four by five film, going out trying to get landscapes, and I, so I spent a lot of time getting the ambient light, and that's what we're talking about. Is we're talking about the ambient light, the light that's falling on your subject. So if we have a just a generally a, let's say a clear day, I'd say that day was a fairly clear day with yep. pretty much no no clouds in the no sky. No
1: attitude, no weather. Yeah, absolutely, no
0: absolutely. How I go about it is there's there's a thing that they called 18% gray right which right. is what which is what we used to use back in the day i mean a lot of times you could pick up a gray card and face it towards the sun meter right off that gray card 8 by 10 gray card and get your exact exposure that's what your camera's doing it's taking everything in that frame and it's taking it to 18x per percent exposure so essentially that's what i do because i with ansel adams and how he did it he always shot for the highlights right he wanted to maintain his highlights and then he would develop for the shadows the detail in the shadows well you can do that same thing with digital i mean you shoot for your highlights because if you miss those highlights you lose those highlights that very same picture if i had a photographed him and i wasn't didn't have the exposure for the ambient light falling on the subject well then i would have lost the highlights and in, in horns and different stuff right and so that's what i spend my time at and, and i've learned over the year two years to understand what 18 percent gray is in the field so that's the key you know green grass in gray tones is 18 percent gray so you know when i'm at the swamp and i'm photographing ducks i'll set up for my ducks and i look throughout the landscape and i find those tones okay those bushes over there are the closest thing that I have here to 18% gray. So I'll take it over there and a spot meter on those. And if it's right on, then that's what I'll shoot for. And then everything else will be perfect exposure for the light falling on. Cause I don't, I don't care about what the backgrounds are. I don't care what, I want them to naturally fall off where they are. I want to get that light that's falling on it perfectly exposed. And so a good way to do that when you're talking about you know, when you're working with snow is I love working in snow because it's so easy to expose. Some people are like, it's so difficult. No, it's just easy. If you take a look at at some snow that's got some texture to it and you zoom in on that and you take a picture of it with the light falling straight on it and then take a look at it, figure you might be a one stop above or one and a half, take a picture, then zoom in on it and see if if you're maintaining your Detail. details in your highlights. And so that's so that's what I do. All the time. I mean, when I'm shooting ducks, you know, when I'm shooting big game or whatever. Look, I mean, you spend a lot of time messing with. There's no question about it. But but if you're gonna be right anyway, when you're photographing, you know, you're gonna be compensating for them anyway, so you're gonna spend a bunch of time doing that anyway. So you're gonna miss some shots. But if you if you're able to master that a little bit more, then when you get that subject that comes out into the light and he's got a good, I mean. A lot of people could spend some time in, in, you know, Lightroom and stuff doing trying to duplicate that stuff. That stuff comes out of my camera specifically like that. I, I honestly don't spend hardly any time in Lightroom at all. I just started using Lightroom last year. I use the Canon software that comes with Canon cameras. Really? I, I do. I don't I I spend hardly any time on Lightroom. I have a couple of pictures that I've taken in the Lightroom, and I wanted to try to make them a little bit better, but right. I just don't. I don't have the patience for it. <laughs> yeah, I just don't. I
2: don't. I don't. So you're trying to nail it in camera, as so, close as you can.
1: You that in my mind that's coming from your film days because it's yeah, the absolutely. same deal right yeah. so if you took a roll of 36 you don't yours it's another week before you ever see what's coming <laughs> right out, unless right. you went and got the overnight processing or whatever but most of us send it to fuji and we'd wait right. for it to come back right. and you're waiting five days and
0: so back in the day i used to i, I would carry around a handheld uh, ambient light meter well so the only thing that i've done now is i've just learned how to to figure out what that is in the field, what 18% gray is, what a mixture in a, in a fixture in a, in a picture or a frame is. Some of it may be dark. Some of it may be lights. we got 50% darks, 50% lights, and then we got the rest is gray. So that's a 18% gray frame. Right. And then I meter off that if it looks good. So And then you take a picture and you look at the back of your camera. Now, the key point in that is your LCD on the back has to be lined up right so i've never had to adjust the lcd as far as the light goes to make it right they've always been spot on right within a third of a stop so i can use that as a good judge if if i'm thinking i'm right or maybe a little off base i just snap a picture look out if it looks good great i'm i'm rolling at least till the clouds roll over (laughs) or you know something changes and then i'm just if you see me in the field i'm always checking every time there's a little down low I'm checking. And and you get to the point where you, you're seeing it change through your lens and you just start adjusting because you have an idea where it's going to be. You no. Know. Yeah. So it's it's a lot of work. But once you spend some time at well, it. I think you're, it's you're a image- lot of
1: work for people that don't. Yeah. They're still trying to grasp it because it seems very confusing, but it's really not. It's so yeah. basic. But it's just practice. Yes. And you've just done it for so long. Yeah. That it's second nature. I mean, I'm sure you were just like oh well i just saw this tonal change i can just make this adjustment, right. and i'm gonna nail it no matter what
0: but with digital i mean you if you just spend some time there's so easy to to get the Basics down and actually learn. I mean, for I just for somebody coming into digital right now to learn that knowledge, it took me years and years to mm-hmm. get right. I mean, just painstaking, <laughs> blowing photos, just messing up stuff, and kicking myself, and oh, damn near crying. <laughs> like, oh man, you know that you know, you can go out with the new equipment today, and it's not it's not that the equipment's so good that it's just going to get you great stuff your your learning curve can be so short if you've got the passion and the will to actually push yourself and learn it right it's just I phenomenal agree. yeah
1: it's un- there's n- it's no better time yeah. to do but, it
2: but so many people don't res- have the respect for that you know right. what i mean
1: so there's so much there i just got so many things that i want <laughs> to just bring up obviously that you knew that that situation is like building in your mind you see what's oh, going yeah. on and you're like you've have you identified that way before it ever happened? You're like, oh. oh, this could present this situation.
0: Well, so so I think that's another really huge key in wildlife photography. So understanding your subject, understanding what they're going to do, and planning for it. I mean, there's many a times that I've sat on the wrong side and then waiting for something to happen, it never transpires. Mm-hmm. But the, the moments that it does transpire, you're there. You're where you need to be.
1: So and it's all those times where you screwed it up, where you're oh you've yeah learn now and you're like oh. okay this this is not happening to me again. And, I'm and gonna be where I
2: need to be. Being yeah. willing to take make that sacrifice because you know the shot you want and you're fine with not getting the other stuff right. right. And if it doesn't yeah. unfold, oh well.
1: For you, the second or you guys got similar shots. And let me just tell you, <laughs> when I I think you had just left her. I don't know. Maybe you showed back up in Colorado, uh-huh. and that's when I first met you. Yeah. You showed me that shot, yeah. but you didn't tell me you had it. Oh, you showed yeah. me Harlan's shot. You're like, look at this <laughs> yeah. shot that he got, and I'm like, yeah. well, so look, he got, a, and I so, had no idea. He was so <laughs> humble about it. He didn't say, check out my shot. I had no idea Jason had that shot. <laughs> I thought. Harlan just freaking nailed this shot of he the century. Did. He did. <laughs> and, but, so that was my question to you. Was you obviously, you guys are shooting together. Yep. Are you spouting out? Are you saying, get ready for this, Jason? Or did you already oh, no, know that, no, no, too? No.
2: He In that situation, he did He's done that before, for sure.
1: So he's saying...
2: But in this situation, no. I and I'm believe me, I'm not bragging. I just right, I right. could see it unfolding. So as well.
1: you were prepared for it. too. So I was prepared. That that's time. something you got to be prepared for. It's well, not like something that you can.
2: But if I hadn't learned those little nuggets about ambient light and all that, and how to expose property and all those things, right? I'd have I could I would
0: have totally missed. It. I kind of wish I would have not told him. <laughs> you know, I mean, it, well, I would have been all right with just getting that shot, and maybe landing that cover. I mean, I don't really, you know, maybe. Uh, <laughs> maybe i need to shut my mouth a little more <laughs> <laughs>
2: no that's a true story though man i do i owe a lot to to harlan in general right because i've right. just and you know i basically we have almost the identical shot it's almost identical yeah i mean if you held them side by side you'd be like
0: <laughs> right well on. it's like i said you know that, that that's just something that's going to happen from time to time with shooting with a buddy i mean and that's the sacrifices you make i mean i I could have, I could have gone to some of those places and did that stuff alone, you know, and it wouldn't, it probably wouldn't have been near as fun. I mean, I remember shooting, you know, we were shooting together and it's like, man, what an amazing year. What an amazing month. I mean, I just, you'll always have somebody to chat about it with, you know.
2: Yeah, but I mean, he was super awesome about it too because he could have been it could have been a sore subject, right? Right. But when I landed that cover on that, and which was I was super pumped about, it, obviously, right? Right. And super humbled about. it. I just, you know, it's been a goal of mine. But Harden was just was good enough to not just go out there and complain about it or something. I mean, right. he makes a post about it, congratulating me and right. and just you know supporting me. That was huge to me, you know, because like I said, I was like he didn't he missed the part where I was kind of fanboying when he introduced himself to me, because I'd been following his stuff, going, man, this guy's amazing. So, yeah, so I feel pretty fortunate because I feel like I get to, you know, one of my best buddies now. Oh, I didn't know that, Jason. You need to say that more. (laughs) Oh, sorry. I didn't
0: realize you liked my stuff that much. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
2: Well, that's why I wanted you to
1: know that he was showing me your shot. I had no idea Jason had that shot until
0: I saw that. In (laughs) fact, I think I saw your post. Right. Well, I'm not stupid. I'm going to get that stuff out there quick. Yeah. You know, so it didn't work for me on this time, though. I was uh, trying to prevent it from ever posting it, but it didn't work. <laughs> that was the joke way
1: back when, when we were all, when I was shooting a lot of stills. It's It really boiled down to who could get back fast yeah. enough yeah. and get it processed yep. and get it to the editor. Because yep. if you were the first one, you, you know, yeah. you have it. Yep. Yeah. So that, <laughs> that is a huge... Huh. Well, that, I mean... I think there's a lot to be learned from that image, and it's just one of those deals where, honestly, I don't know that I've been – you you're thinking about that particular situation, and that where you guys shot that, I know where it was at. But <laughs> it, it's it's perfect for it, right? But you yeah. still have to have – oh yeah, the stars have to align. Oh,
0: everything had to line up for sure. And, oh, yeah. and you're right. You have to be looking for it. Right. Know? So in my camera, I set it up for that situation. So if it happens in a moment's notice, I'm going to get it that's just how i shoot i don't i don't i'm not interested in the details and shadows i just assume they drop off if i want to try to bring them back and post you could post i can but i'm not interested i like the dramatic and it is yeah
2: it is it's kind of it's one of his signatures right too if you look at harden's page you'll see that right you'll see a lot of these He. to heat didn't mention this either but not just big deer but big critters period right 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 right. his page is loaded with nothing but big animals right but a lot of it that's kind of a signature too is just that dark background it really makes the critter pop he's always looking for that
1: in my mind i just knowing you and hearing what you've talked about today that goes back a long time
0: what well you just have to
1: understand light oh right you also have to i mean that you've probably been working on those images and seeing that situation where like oh this could happen here, and that's what you're going for. And it's like Jason said earlier, you're willing to forego these average, you well, know, so typical shots yep. for the chance, just yep. the chance right. that this might happen. Right. And you will walk home empty if Fine. you had that chance.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely.
1: Because yeah. you know you're going to have an image that it stands the test of time.
0: But the truth of the the truth of the matter is, once I found the right subject, I don't have a problem sticking with him. You know, all day. Right. You know, I will take whatever time it is because there's a lot of big animals out there that you run across. And, you know, the first few shots that you get them, maybe even the first day or two is just capturing that. I'm Hey, I got the animal, okay? Now I need to get something good of the animal. <laughs> That's the challenge. You there's know? a lot
1: to it because every animal has its own personality too, yep. right? And it does oh, yeah. things a certain way and it takes a while to learn that because you'll know – oh, hey, this deer or this rabbit or this snake starts <laughs> right. here every morning mm-hmm. and it ends up over there. Right. I'm going to try something different today. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go over here, and I know he's going to show up. I don't know. <laughs> I'm I'm betting on it that my knowledge is And I think that's what leads to successful wildlife photography.
0: Absolutely. You just got to spend that time. You know, there's a lot of tricks that you can learn just being out there in the field, uh, trying to understand your subject and and how to go about it. How am I going to do this? How am I going to get in there? How am I going to keep from spooking them? You know, I always try to go after animals that are a little bit more habituated to people. But even some of the animals that are habituated to people, you may push them into to an area that you don't want, you might, you might not, you know, you might get them to the point. There's a lot of mule deer out there that, yeah, they may be somewhat habituated, but they're not that excited with you being there. Yeah. Right. you got to approach them a little bit different.
1: Yeah. You take your time, you build a rapport, you, you yeah. respect the animal, you let them have their space and then you're invited in almost. Yeah, right? So,
0: so kind of a funny thing that I've learned about animals and, and some people m- may not realize this, but, especially I've noticed it with mule deer is, is, is if you're, if you're following a deer and you're trying to get stuff, good stuff with it. And you know, most of the time when you're moving in on them or whatever, and you're just getting going through, they don't know about you. They don't know if they just want to book it, you know, whatever. But what always seems to work for me is when I'm moving in on them and I'll spend the whole day with them once I find them. But at some point in time, they decide to lay down and, in my mind, when they first lay down is their check on you. If they lay down and you approach them, they're, they're thinking you're coming after them. So then, then you're probably going to have a real battle the rest of the day. What I do is if they bed down, I bed down myself near them where they can see me and they know I'm not trying to get them. And then they're like, well, huh, he's not coming after me. And then even if you – I mean, if you want to jump them, get the shot, whatever, you know, if you just sit down and relax, once they get back up, man, you get whatever you want. They, you're their bud at that <laughs> point.
1: You're but, not a threat.
0: Yes. And before that, when if you move in on them as soon as they bed and try to get that close, I'm going to get a really close shot as soon as I can, you're going to ruin it. But if you just back off – Just take your time, spend the day. If you're really looking to get some good stuff, staying out there all day and having a power bar instead of a sandwich is all right.
1: That's a formula for success.
0: (laughs) Absolutely.
1: (laughs) We were talking yesterday and you DM me a particular video. Oh, yeah. And you said, you've (laughs) got to hear the story. And I was like, Uh, okay, I don't want to hear it until we do a podcast because this might be a really good podcast story. (laughs) Let's that where so, does that so, reside? Oh, oh. That where does that clip reside? It's on your webpage or is it on so, your Instagram feed or is
0: it So it's on my Instagram. Okay. And uh, it's uh, just a video a video on there, but it's my wife's video. Okay. So you talked a lot about her, so let's get yeah, her some So up. my wife is a wonderful woman, Ann. She's just I mean, great woman. She supports what I do as far as photography goes and and she comes on a lot of our adventures and, and she enjoys being there. So Earlier on, you know, my wife used to spend a lot more time with me on the field when we go. But she, when it comes to wildlife photography, she can only handle so much. I mean, I'm, you know, I'm pretty extreme with it. I can, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll sit on a subject for a week or however long it takes you know to get what until i feel like i really got what i need she she spends a lot of time she'll come out and you know, like she'll meet me in colorado she'll fly off for a couple of days and then go you know, head back home before i'm done with my trip a few years ago she f- flew up there and spent a few days and you know just just enough for her to get a slice of it and spend some time with her man and then you know go back and <laughs> go back to work and and spend spend make more, time more money so you can take right, more trips right exactly well i've been trying <laughs> to get her, to babe. I just want to completely quit my job and just be a starving artist. She's like, no, I'm not ready for that yet. <laughs> but anyway, so I, I'm always trying to get her into it more, you know. And I've and I've talked with her a little bit about video. I said, baby, you, you really should, you really should start doing some video. When I'm out there, maybe you should just video some stuff too. I said, if you were to get good at it and get, you know, the if you were able to capture an amazing moment. I mean, it could be a big payday. I mean, there's some clips. You get the right stuff, man. You got everybody barking down your door. And you're... At any rate, you know, we we uh, flipped Canada, and, and we had rented a 4K video. Just a,
1: an actual know, video camera.
0: Yeah, a pro-am uh, type camera for her to try to start working it anyway we came came out there and knew that year it was, it was really smoky and we ended up just i mean it was really smoky so we ended up just backing out of the trip and you know pulling out early because we just didn't want to waste the money but at any rate we rented that video camera that year, got a couple of footage, but it just didn't really stick. And I'm not the kind of person, I am i don't want to force my wife to do that. She's not interested in doing it. Well, so, so be it, you know, let it, let her take it on if she, if she goes for it. And I know she, she's a little back and forth with it. You know, we still talk about it today, but so the next year, right, here's the kicker. <laughs> so the next year we, we were over in Colorado in Rocky Mountain National Park. We were just over there having a good time. You know, we were driving around or whatever and you know one morning we decided to go up across the top there and you know we really never spent any time in, in Rocky Mountain National Park but we got there early and, and just as we were getting to the top the sun was starting to come all o- come up and these big bull elk started they were at the top of the ridge and they were coming over the road they were going to come over the road so immediately i get out and i'm just snapping away snapping away (laughs) you know just uh, amazing shots i mean this is with the background and the glaciers and the snow just made for such a beautiful backdrop and then the, the early morning sun coming up it's just it was amazing but at any rate i finished uh photographing there and I, I get back to the truck and my and my wife was she's like oh you got to see this video i took <laughs> and i was like video i'm, I'm like she's she, like yeah and she's like yeah on my phone you know and i was like and she shows me this phone her phone video and it's the bull elk started fighting a little bit and they were up on their pine legs and they were kicking at each other you know, big bull elk. Now I've seen that a lot with, you know, cows and maybe smaller bulls, but I really can't say I've ever seen it with a big bull elk, but these two big bull elk were doing it kind of staggering around up there with this backdrop, unbelievable background. But I, so I looked at the video and I was just like, my God, babe, that's it. <laughs> you know, you got the video, but it's on your
3: cell phone. <laughs> no.
0: Because in my mind, that's one of those videos. It's, it's amazing. It's ama- yeah. I mean, if it had been 4K, you know, <laughs> set up, I mean, ah. Uh, right. But I just was sick to my stomach. I was like, babe. <laughs> Ah, uh, <laughs> yeah. So it's man, it was just plain luck. I mean, right. for us to come up over the top and have them coming up was just pure luck. And but that's the whole thing we talked about earlier. That's why I video. That's the only reason why I video. Because one of these days, <laughs> right? You know, that might happen to me. Maybe I should have been videoing that day. <laughs> <laughs> well. <laughs> But here's the deal. <laughs> I mean, so
1: I don't, we'll link to that picture so, or that video so people can right. see so they can find it easily. But it's on your Instagram page. Right. The thing is, is, and this is the hard thing about video or about gear, yeah. is you were probably out there with your 600 yep. or 500 or right. whatever. You're probably not going to be able to compose it the same way that she was able to compose it with this big wide angle, yeah. larger than life. We got these mountains that are just off in the distance that make it so cool. Yeah. and then the light was awesome. And then <laughs> the, the minute you get on that with video, you're going to be getting like two noses, and people are <laughs> be like, oh, "But they're not standing <laughs> under hind legs. They're just <laughs> they're just looking at each other or whatever. Whatever yes. the case is, I'm making that up. But yeah, it's so hard because you can't. Unless you're running you have to a commit. super zoom, yep. you know, yep. that you could, I think Canon makes that 50 to 1000 right. cine lens. Maybe right. with that, yeah. if you're Johnny on the spot and you're like, whee,
3: I'm going to go to 50 and
1: here we go, <laughs> <All right. laughs> it ain't going to happen. So yep. she nailed it Yeah, because of this guy, yeah, this exactly. real dumb cell phone. And it's
0: pretty good, <laughs> it's, it's HD, but I mean, I don't know, I mean... Uh, <laughs> it's a cell phone, but it's still, it's a, it's wonderful to look at. Oh, it's awesome. I mean, it's it just is awesome. so cool.
1: And then just to see that many bulls in one spot. Yeah. It was kind of cool. And you know, and the color, the quality of the light. Yeah. Oh, unreal. I Another mean, thing about right?
0: that video is it seems like slow motion, but it's not. I mean, that's the bulls are moving slow. And, Mm-hmm. I, it's hard to explain unless you see the video. I mean, right. I mean, I can't remember if she slowed it down a little bit, but I don't think so. I, I think doubt that's it. No. actual. They they move fairly slow, and they're up, and they're just like,
2: yeah, it's got a it's got a slow mo feel to it. But it it's
0: does, all
1: yeah. It yeah. totally speaks to how tender those antlers are, right? Oh yeah. At yeah. that point, yeah, because they weren't even considering
3: <laughs> putting those down
1: like they do in the fall. No. Right. Mm-hmm. They were just that's all protected, but mm-hmm. they're ready to go. It's a dominance thing. Yeah. yeah. Have you guys ever seen? I've seen that up there, that yeah. same spot. I've seen right. them do that. Have you ever seen when they, uh a bull just gets so mad at another bull and they start like s- throwing spit out their mouth? Yeah, they'll hiss. Or well, they grit their teeth and they start yeah. hissing, mm-hmm. and then you just mm. see that saliva just kind of like spitting yeah. out. I've seen it. Yeah. Not so, not in so velvet. I've, I've seen. I see it in, horn, it in velvet, and it's like oh. it's got to be that dominance thing, and it's they under they must understand. Hey, yeah. this dude's pissed at me. I'm. <laughs> I'm not going to whoop his butt today. So, okay, I'm just going to go yeah. over here because <laughs> this is probably better grass. and You can have that. I'm going to go.
0: So I, I can't say I've ever seen that with elk, but I've definitely seen it with deer, you know. Right, and, I, and
1: you've probably seen it with cow elk because
2: cow elk do it
1: yeah, quite a
0: bit. Yeah. But bulls. So, so are, are we talking about snort wheezing? Is that what we're talking no, about? No, no. Or is it a little different?
2: Yeah, they'll literally hiss. Good bull actually has huh. a, a pretty good video of it where they hiss like that. And it's just like, it's, it's, it's another communication thing.
1: Yeah. Right? Right. I've seen it's, it a couple times. It's pretty yeah, interesting. It's, and I see it a lot in velvet and I think it's, you know, I've seen it in hard right. horn too, but huh. when they're, I think it's, they're just so yeah. delicate. Those, oh, those yeah. antlers at that point yeah. that they're not messing with that, but yeah. there are these, all these other little body movements or, or tonal mm. like messages that they can send. Yeah. And that hissing is just like, I got, right. I got a cool video of it this fall in hard antler. And his and it was a little bull, and he's like showing another little bull that he's boss, and it was <laughs> right. cool. But I want to see that great big bull, and I've seen him do it. I've just never been able to. But that's that perfect situation where video is yeah. going to yes. tell that story. It, it just, still it is really not. I mean, story. if you see spit being yeah. shot out of the mouth, everybody's going to think it's a bug that got <laughs> caught. You know, and you just got yeah. this white dot in your picture, and you're like, "What's that all about?" <laughs> so,
0: yeah, seeing the seeing those those different things that those critters do i mean a snort wheezing with the, the uh mule deer it's just amazing to see i remember the first time i had one of them do it to me mm-hmm. he actually did it to me i was like <laughs> so what the hell's he doing you know he's he's really getting after it you know i was like man i better move yeah, out they, of the way their but... necks
2: swells up and they start <clears> stiff legging a little bit and yeah they, you know yeah, <laughs> yeah
0: so that was the best one i ever seen was you know early on i, I would say that was probably uh 2007 is when i had one really get after really stormy and i i saw it this year a little bit with one of the bucks but i i can't say that i've ever been able to capture it with a big monster mule deer just kind of average size ones have have, have, i've caught doing it but but Mm, i'm trying to
1: think because i've shot a lot of deer too and i'm like you ever see so i was telling you earlier about a big white tail buck that i was photographing and the situation I ran into with him is if he show up, everybody would leave. Yeah. yeah. He didn't yeah. have to express any dominance <laughs> right. or do anything because everybody was just flat scared of him and he just <laughs> ran the roost, you know? So I wonder if that's a, well, maybe you don't yeah. see as many big bucks doing that. I don't yeah. know.
0: Yeah. That's, that might, that's a good point. You yeah. know, maybe they don't spend more time doing it. You know, the, the one I seen was, was out in Utah to this year was a fairly good buck and, and he was doing it, you know, just a let these little bucks know that hey man i'm around and i was telling jason this story this is a funny story a few years ago i'd say it was probably back in 2009 i was photographing deer and there was there's this little yearling buck he'd uh Knocked off his antlers to the point that they look like little Hershey Kisses. (laughs) I mean, literally. But this was the meanest buck I've ever seen in my whole life. He was running around and just snort-wheezing and getting crazy with all of these other bucks. And it was just something to see. I mean, it was just hilarious. I can't remember. We made a name for him. Angry Spike. What was it? Angry Spike. Yeah, it was just, it was, (laughs) it was the funniest thing I ever seen. And he just, the whole time I was there, he just, all the other bucks were anywhere near his, his age. He was just, kicking his head down, snort wheezing, <laughs> stiff legging and at him, you know. So he
1: wouldn't do it with bigger bucks. No, he no, he yeah, did yeah, no. Kick.
0: No, he was just a-
1: But if it's a similar size buck, he's like, Oh, oh yeah, I'm I'm still I, even without my headgear, yeah. I'm I'm he all right. He was out the a meanest bag of
0: chips. Well, no, but so I was thinking to myself when I was when I was like, I'll bet those little nubs there hurt, you <laughs> know, when they dig into another deer's head, you know. But meanest buck I ever seen in my life just kept going around for, I mean, the whole time I was there photographing and I should, you know, really I should have been videoing him. I mean, it was just such amazing behavior. I should have just, yeah, man, even just put away my camera grabbed a video camera and just started filming him. Cause it was just amazing. <laughs> I still laugh at today when I think about it, <laughs> I need to go back and find some of the pictures of it. Cause I took some pictures of it right. and, and once you put a, a little bit of, of a photograph to it and you see him all with his head down and just <laughs> snort wheezing and I mean he's tiny buck <laughs> I mean, I mean if
1: people don't photograph or understand mule deer it's it'd be hard to understand this but if you know anything about mule deer yeah you, you can realize how funny this is oh it's
2: hilarious it's, yeah, especially age. just a little buck like that, yeah. that kind of attitude, you know, right. it's like that's amazing. <laughs> well, that just
0: goes to dom- show you dominance. I mean, uh, that deer, if he could keep his antlers on, <laughs> I mean, he'd probably have all the ladies. Uh, but
1: what's funny is he's you. You wonder. Is he going to understand that you know what this headgear is important, and I can't be knocking him off every year? I can't be getting in all these fights. <laughs> I can't be this little bad boy of the. Uh,
0: I don't think he's he, going to. I don't think he's. Know,
1: does that even run through their mind? Like, I doubt it. Because it's I don't funny. Think so. I one year I was photographing a big bull elk, and he was the king, right? Mm. right. He would just ran this whole area. Right. He got in a fight, broke one of his antlers off. Mm. After that, he sat in the corner. Oh, really? For the rest of the fall. Huh? He would not even come out and play the game because he just knew that right. he, he was going to get done. his butt handed to him. And if he yeah. <laughs> And he just went from king of the hill to absolutely nothing. And he yeah. would just sit in the – he would. He would sit under – far of the field all yeah. by himself, and he just yeah. didn't play anymore.
0: Interesting. I, I think the same thing. I wonder if they do know. The yeah. next year they're like, huh. I mean to take it easy a little bit here. <laughs> yeah, do they? I don't
2: know. But then if I, but you've I've ever, seen, go I've ahead. seen mule deer bucks that have been totally busted up, and they could care less. They just they, steal they It's like they don't even know they're gone. Their Well, they have some sharper points right. on there. Right. Know. Yeah, and that's we talk about that too, right? Is those sharp points when they get busted up? Right. You know, especially you can get inside <laughs> those other big antlers, right? I mean, that might be just enough to be like, "Whoa, stay away from that, dude!" You know. <laughs> I that's, don't know. That's it's interesting. interesting.
1: I mean, I wonder. I mean. That my story would lead me to believe that this guy understood. Hey, if sure. I want to live to to do this another day, I'm gonna back off. But your yeah. story is like, mm,
0: yeah, I'm gonna. I'm oh, gonna he didn't just care. Give her. He was just ornery. Yeah, and it's know.
1: probably those teenage hormones, right oh, there. Man. Like, okay, you know what?
0: Yeah.
1: I, throwing caution to the wind yep. here. Here we go.
0: Yep. I mean, so so this buck if he had horns they were only going to be like five inches he was a, <laughs> i mean literally he is a spike i mean I, I he may may have only had two or three inches <laughs> right. before he broke them off but he but broke them off in broke someone off right yeah exactly yeah. that's crazy
1: wouldn't it be cool to know who his dad was just yeah. to see what yeah you know, how they what, how There's they so much out. i think that to bring us all around that is why we're all out here right because yeah. it's all that kind of stuff we're we're getting good pictures we're learning we're constantly learning Mm -hmm. and i don't think there's a day goes by where i'm out photographing something where i don't learn something Mm -hmm. or witness a behavior that it's like wow i had no idea and it it's something that is not abnormal to them and it's not like something that they did it's just whatever the situation was whatever the topography is or whatever the weather was they happen to do it in front of me and i get to see it yeah i love that stuff yeah, it's I absolutely. just love it, and I don't feel like it'll ever stop.
2: No, no. That appreciation for all that stuff, right, and just right. witnessing those things is, is a huge part of it for me, too. I mean, it's fun to capture good images, and not, don't give me, I'm all about it, right? right. But, but I often think about how fortunate I am because of what I'm doing to be able to witness all the things that I get to witness, even mm-hmm. if I don't capture them, you know? I'm always like, why aren't more people like me?
1: Well, I know more people, and then I stopped myself really fast. I'm like, no, I don't want any more people. around right. here. I want this <laughs> all to myself. I just want to have this uh, very good this experience yeah. for me, you know. But then I want to go share it with people. Yeah. Well, I so wanna... so yeah.
0: like a funny thing along those lines is is that Ben Buck when I was photographing the Buck Norris out there, you know, I I can't tell you how many photographers, you know, I've I've talked to over the years that have come up to me and they're like, oh man, I was gonna go photograph that buck I so wanted to go photograph that buck <laughs> but I just never made it out of there I shouldn't have made it out of there I'm like do you have any idea how much I enjoy hearing that? I love hearing <laughs> that. <laughs> Thank you for not going. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, I'm all about other people getting good images too, but there still is a little bit of competitivity oh, sure. there. I mean, we're, we're it's human nature, yeah, right?
1: Right. Because you want to get that. Oh, sure. You want to have that one of a kinder. You want to have that, but you also want to share it. And if you can get like. My best friend and I have the same image of a... It's that caribou in the mouth of that grizzly bear. Oh,
2: yeah, right. I mean,
1: we were standing side by side, and we we're like...
2: Right. Oh, yeah.
1: You know, we're shooting away, and it's it's fun to have that. Too, sure. Because we share that memory to this day, and yeah, we absolutely. talk about it. I mean, we see each other a lot, but that still comes up. It's oh, like, remember yeah. that time? or, yeah. <laughs> You know, and that's that's a special kind of deal. Well, the story behind
2: it, too, right? I mean, we, yeah. I think we've talked about it before, but... The stories that go behind all these images, or especially when you have that image to reflect back on, you remember who you were with. You remember the situation. You remember the conditions. You remember all that, and that's—it's—I don't know—that's pretty pretty awesome to have. It is, and it's awesome to have it with. You can share with a friend that was there with you too. You know, and
1: having that image—I mean, you can always have that memory, but having that image to even describe it a little bit more is pretty cool. Yeah, it's really Really
0: tangible. You know, Mm. in my mind, it's just always there you have something to really represent and it's
1: nothing better than these days where you actually can carry it in your pocket yeah. 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 it's not like the old yeah. days with slide yeah. film where we were like oh yeah come check it's like, it out let me show thing. you this yeah. image you know yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> right back in do you still have a bunch of slides sitting
0: around? i do i do nothing with what them. do you yeah nothing <laughs> they sit up in the cupboard you know Are you, but
1: you can't throw them away right no oh absolutely no. not yeah i'm like <laughs> what do i do with this this is occupying occupying like I'll, filing cabinets of worth of stuff but i can't
0: i'll bet you i'll bet you i haven't looked at them in eight years
1: and then if you (laughs) did so let's take you took your best shot out of your slides Mm -hmm. whatever that is (laughs) and you take it and you get it scanned and the best quality scan you could possibly get you have nasa do it for you or you have whatever somebody (laughs) elon musk does it for you. There's no comparison. Nope. There is like, you cannot even compare that <laughs> to a digital image that we can get today with today's camera. Yeah, he, absolutely.
0: We were talking so,
2: about that. Yeah. So
0: th- this is something that we were just talking about, you know, recently. And this this is where, you know, photographers who are just getting in the business really need to have a little bit of hope here. Because when it comes to photography, all the rules changed in what I would say was and 10. When we got a good solid, say, 10 megapixel DSLR came out. At that point, everything before everything before it now gone. Everybody <laughs> had to start from there again, because no publishers are really interested in a, in the old film that you have. Although it's beautiful and it's amazing, and, it, and at its time it was just the best stuff out there. I mean these photographers going out and photographing at 50 ISO and 64 ISO and a hundred ISO and capturing these amazing pictures. It was an amazing feat. but they still don't compare it to digital now. And that gate has that window has closed. Right. And so anybody feeling like, well, this guy's been doing it for 30. Hey, yeah, but everything from 2010 back They'll probably never get published again. Maybe it's a, Maybe they'll throw out a couple. Just well, it'll for... be an artsy
1: thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So. Yeah, it, it's the you know, and I think it still changes because now you're talking about uh, Hasselblad, at, what seventy megapixels. Oh, I don't even yeah, know. I don't well, follow you, it. Even but...
2: the Canon and Nikon top ones are around fifty. You're right. So so you
1: now you're dealing with a whole different thing. And I was talking to a guy the other day. We were talking about eight K footage. And he was telling me that now some of these monitor manufacturers, because they got to sell the next TV, right? So they're whiz and <laughs> right. whatever to get it out there. They went and shot an ice cave somewhere. I don't even know. So Alaska or something. But they took four or five Reds, the 8K Reds, and they synced them all. So in their booth wow. to show off these TVs, they had this archway. And they had shot an ice cave so that when you walk through the archway into this booth, it was like you were walking into an wow. ice cave. And oh, they no did it kidding? all with curved monitors. I, I guess my point with all that is the bar is constantly raising. Oh, I yeah. think you can feel like, hey, if I got a 10 megapixel from 2010, right. uh, the best shot ever. But if that similar shot gets accomplished with a 50 megapixel camera, right. yeah. game on. Yeah. You're back in business, yeah. right? Yeah. Right. So, well
0: and I think I think we're just reaching a point in time where resolution at that point is not going to matter too much in in the smaller scheme of internet and in magazines but you know maybe for some larger scale stuff you know some of the more amazing stuff that's still on the horizon it will, will make a huge difference there but for the average Joe, you're good to go I mean I, <laughs> I, th- I would say that you know there might even be a reach a point in time where there's not a need to upgrade you know they're always going to try to figure out a reason for you to upgrade and <laughs> add something to it and give you that hook and i'm always going to get hooked <laughs> but i mean you know I, you know saw i, so I talked to some people they're like hey what camera should i get people are always asking me that. i'm like man don't buy a brand new one you don't need to you could get you know a a 5d mark 3 for peanuts and and they're still amazing Right. For, for the people that
1: are in that market, yeah. that camera will do everything yes. that they want it to do.
0: More than they ever want. And there's people that people take care of their camera gear. And, you know, there's people out there that, that buy those cameras and they never use them.
1: Yeah. You yep. know, and then yep.
0: a few years down the road, they're like, hey, man, <laughs> let's get rid of that. I don't use it. <laughs> you pick up this camera that's got a couple hundred exposures on it, a couple thousand and. You know for peanuts, and you go out there and shoot every bit of good quality or as bit, uh, great images as I, I can. Yeah, even. I mean, you know, when we're talking about eight by ten image, I mean, it doesn't need to be but eight megapixels for it to be an amazing picture. Anything over that is just above and beyond. Mm. You know, you, you got a 22 megapixel camera there, you're concerned about well, he's got the 30. just not needed guys (laughs) don't don't be held up by by the equipment that you have there's so many amazing things that you can do with cheaper equipment and cheaper lens i mean hey look uh, you know we always talk about gear and 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 everybody wants to shoot with the big they they let it hold them back right hey man i I just i just don't feel like i could compete or do wildlife photography because i don't have a big prime lens well a ten thousand, twelve thousand, thirteen thousand dollar lens. I said, so, "Man, I have a Sigma one fifty to six hundred millimeter lens. I absolutely love it. It's two thousand dollar lens. I mean, I was photographing elk last year all year long, never even pulled out my six hundred prime. Why? Because the quality's there. Is it exactly the same? Absolutely not. But they just two thousand and." 13,000 plus be, there's it?
1: the portability right Right. so it's like getting into the woods is so much easier when you have something manageable
0: yes you and guys zoom are, and the zoom and That's the huge. zoom exactly yeah. a couple inches forward make a huge difference between your resolution i mean <laughs> you just cannot overcome the error in between you and your subject and what it causes as far as distortion on on your photograph right and, you know, I'm going to advocate getting close to your, to your animals. All I'm saying is if you have that zoom, you're able to back out just a hair. And, and I mean, you could get a, a picture at say 500 millimeters that I got at 600 millimeters and your image is much better Yep. because you just got just a little bit closer yeah. or in a different situation. Or you weren't shooting over yeah. the
1: hood of your truck. Yeah. Right. right. It, and the yeah. heat waves that are <laughs> yes. causing the distortion. When I heard that,
2: I called her on. I was like, you know what that was from? He's like, yeah, I do now. <laughs> 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 so I've made that mistake. I've <laughs> <laughs> been there, done that. Wow. <laughs> and I got back and they're all suffering. Like, what is going on? What's wrong with my camera? You know, <laughs>
1: And that, that gets in my uh, head, that whole get, you know, it's like, uh, no, I know that was sharp. Yes. I know I nailed the exposure. Exactly. But this thing... It's my camera. Yeah. It's not me. Oh, yeah. right.
0: <laughs> right. That happens too. That's a hard one to diagnose, you know. Yeah. <laughs> can't be. You know, was that me? Yeah. I know everything was right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Oh, they just have some bugs in some of them. You know, you got to work through the bugs, yep. do some tests and make sure. Well, and,
2: and we've talked about it. There's times when I'll, I've heard people say before, just interesting point, um, you know, I got this new body or I got this new lens. I need to go out and you know give it a run and figure it out. I'm just, I always used to think, what do you mean? It's a, you know, but now I get it, right? You get a new body. They all have their own little quirks oh, and yeah. stuff and their little things, oh, their little yeah. nuances and that. Well, they have a and, lot of recalls too. Oh, sure. Absolutely. Right. It's true. Firm up where. Yeah. Uh, firm <laughs> Our updates, firm update, firmware updates, know? yeah. all the time. Yeah. 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 So.
1: Like I said, one more question. Where is your next spot that you <laughs> want to, what's your next thing? What's your next, what do you want to get? What is, what's up for Jason?
2: You oh, you okay. First, I'll go first. Go first. Yeah, you go first. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm really, and I think it's the same answer as I had the last time I was on. But it's because I, I haven't done it yet. Yeah, that's bears. It's I really do want to go up to Alaska and and, and experience that. Are we one. talking
1: polar bears, brown bears, yes. black bears? Yep, yep, yep. yep. yep.
2: <laughs> All of the above, but I think right now probably brown bears is what I'm what I'm thinking. Harlan what's yours
1: that's a tough question i mean oh, we know man, you're honestly.
2: the mule deer guy so that's probably
1: just another finding that uh, next big mule deer that's, that's true
0: that's true I, mean, I I want to find the next biggest buck out there or elk you know but but i do really enjoy photographing eagles and i'd like to make make my way up and photograph some eagles in the springtime or polar bears i, I definitely love polar bears some some people have some just really amazing stuff, and I'm always trying to think of the next adventure. You know, I don't like thinking that they're getting short. You know, because I have a certain price range that limits where <laughs> what I can do and how I can do it. So, with that boundary, it kind of holds me back a little bit. It does. It's really <laughs> tough.
1: I mean right because you can spend what 20,000 bucks going to photograph polar bears on Svalbard (sighs) or wherever that you know that location or you can do uh, I don't know it's just (laughs) it's the budgets are so so tough because to get to the best spots oftentimes costs
0: the scary part of all of it is, is if I go spend 10 grand on a polar bears or something that just gave my wife a ten thousand dollar pass too i mean i can't do 20 i might be able to do five but 10 you know, so you, you gotta, gotta factor negotiate. that in there you gotta negotiate man baby this yeah. one just has to be for me <laughs> or or you just do
1: one year for each and then hopefully she forgets Right.
0: You didn't really want to go to that concert or whatever. You know, <laughs> European or vacation, Rome. Yeah. right? Yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs> exactly. Well, Too I funny. can't uh, thank you guys enough. I mean, it's I respect what you guys are doing so much and love the work that you're doing and had a blast shooting with you for the last couple of days. Yeah. Oh. Thank so you. we'll have to do this again.
0: Well, thank you very much. I, I really do appreciate that, and I really appreciate all your nice comments, sir Jason. I, oh nice no, thank you. <laughs> but so so one thing I would like to say to you know all the people out there that are doing their photography and their and uh, they're they're approaching people. Hey man, if you ever see me out in the field, by all means, come approach me. I am so approachable. I know I mean, I, you
1: look like a mean. Dude. I, I know, I, I, <laughs> so goes. I know that, dude.
0: I I realize he looks like, ornery. I realize that I look like an ornery sob, but I'm not. So, man, by all means, come approach me and you know ask me some questions or what. I don't know at all. Don't
1: do it when you're right in the middle of the big, big biggest buck of this century. Right, history. right. But if yeah, if you're it,
2: well, it, that's what it is. When you see him in the field, it's not. He's not ornery. I'm not. I'm not joking. He's focused. Yeah, he's I mean, all right? business. Yeah, he's all business and when it's all done then he ah, you know, have a blast, joke, have fun, right. BS yeah, but I mean, when you're right. in
0: the moment, yeah. If right. I'm looking through the lens, you know, and I don't look <laughs> don't away be tugging from it, on out, your Yeah, palm. maybe maybe not approach me then, but <laughs> but you know, if I'm if I'm looking around, then hey, maybe that's a good time, you know. Right, right. I love talking with other photographers and I love talking with young guys that are just trying to figure out what to do. So yeah. by all means.
1: Mostly the western states where you can track you down and find yeah. you and And uh, hit him up missy took a picture of us doing this podcast so people oh maybe they just know your name from instagram i don't i mean all of us are so bad about oh putting pictures of ourselves and we don't do selfies right we just put up a deer picture i rarely do
0: i did put a picture up on my on my uh instagram account recently only because most people just don't have any idea what I look like. Right, you know, right. I'm not a narcissist. I don't like to post <laughs> a bunch of pictures of me on my on my Instagram, but I you like know what though?
1: To... I don't like it either, but yeah. I I think people like it.
0: They they need to see who you are. Yeah, you know? and I think
1: if you're doing something that's legit, it's not
0: bad. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm
1: with you. I yeah. I think you can go overboard, but I also yeah. think that it's a good opportunity to, to at least give people a snapshot into what you're, what A day yeah. in the life of Harlan, a day in the life of Jason. I mean, I yeah. like it. I like Well, you know, that that I look at my
0: picture and go, I'm not talking to that ornery, <laughs> SLB. Look at him. You can tell he's, yeah. <laughs> Jason, he just looks all smiley and happy. He's like, I'm going to go talk to Jason. <laughs>
2: <laughs> all right. So what is, Jason, what's your Instagram handle? It's Untamed Images by JL and then Facebook's Untamed Images, uh, same thing. So either place
1: and then what is yours harlan? so
0: it's, Har- it's harlan b cooper on instagram and then i actually i have my own website it's harlan cooper.com but but if you go to my if you go to my website look at photographers favorites i keep you know the stuff that i like the most in there there's a 150 photos or whatever so
1: i'm gonna go check that out i yeah. haven't been there it's good you know the bad thing about instagram is i don't really study the work on the web pages like we used yeah. to, right? Oh yeah, yeah. for sure. Because it's kind of sure. gone away, and like you can get so much more. These stupid little squares that we all look at. it's Yeah, like, oh,
2: really. Yeah, when you're on a 27 inch monitor, and you can pull up a website and go, Yeah, that's a cool image. It's mm-hmm. just not the same when it's just little. You it's know? not. Yeah. It's not the same. Yeah. Well, awesome.
1: You guys were so much fun, and uh, have a safe. Yeah, it was a blast, back.
0: Mike. It was, it was a fun time for sure. Yeah, go. thank you. Appreciate yeah.
3: it, man. Thanks. You can find us on Facebook and of course on our YouTube channel at Wild and Exposed Podcast, and no matter what podcast platform you're listening to us on or on YouTube, make sure to hit that subscribe or follow button and to give us a positive review, the five-star rating or the thumbs up on YouTube as those help us to do what we love to do and to bring you this podcast on a regular basis. Also on YouTube, hit that bell that notification icon that's there as well so that you will be notified in a friendly way when we upload new content on YouTube. And same thing on podcast apps, make sure to subscribe so you're up to date each week as these audio podcasts are launched. I want to say a special thank you to Missy McKenzie, our producer, for all of her hard work behind the scenes to create this show for your listening enjoyment. Until next time you've been listening to wild and exposed podcast thanks for tuning in